Welcome to Hollywood 2.0. This is Peter Katz. Unfortunately, my co-host Rich Silverman couldn't make it today, but we got a great guest, Zeke Zelker, an accomplished independent filmmaker. We're going to discuss transmedia, storytelling, independent filmmaking, and branding, all wrapped up into one informative podcast. I've been uh, making films since '96, uh, but prior to that, I basically grew up as a uh, as a carny. My great grandfather started an amusement park. Uh, and my first job was actually as a clown peddling balloons. Um, and so I basically learned about entertainment at a very young age, uh, but actually have a different perception of it than, than most of my peers uh, because of the days spent at the park. Um, and then actually my first foray into the film industry was actually, I was in John Waters' film Hairspray uh, as, a, as a lead dancer. And so it was basically uh, ever since then watching how John actually performed on set I kind of got bit by the bug to actually create. Um, so that's kind of like where, where it all started. How does your carny background affect how you look at the entertainment industry? Um, well, basically because the way, the way that I see it and, and learn from a very young age are the sorts of things that they, that they teach you at Wharton or Stanford Business School or Harvard. It's a matter of like, um, you, you know, in, in the 90s, everybody kept on talking about like um, uh, uh, amusement integration and and so forth and like the whole disney world of of being in terms of business aspects but actually growing up in, in an amusement park you actually kind of start thinking about things differently in terms of you always have an amusement uh, that entertains but then around that amusement you have various profit centers uh so even for my very first film affairs i actually always sold merchandise or created other sorts of of revenue besides just the movie uh, and now in today's day and age, it seems like everybody's doing it. Like John Reese speaks of it very highly. Uh, the gentleman that did Helvetica as well. Um, but it's a matter of like, this is how I've been doing it all along. In fact, my um, my second film, AKA, I made more money selling a cocktail book that I produced for the project than I did actually the movie itself. Well, you know, what you're saying is interesting. Was you see that, you know, there's a certain degree in uh, music where you have musicians that kind of create a universe have all sorts of new revenue streams and then it's a typical band like if you even look at like like everybody from kiss to even insane clown posse they start wrapping up this whole world and i think you know i think the audience loves that but also it seems more profitable than just giving a product oh no i i agree 100 percent. in fact you know i really think that um you know in, in today's world you know with this with the you know with the current buzzword of transmedia which quite honestly i'm getting a bit tired of uh, i like to call it a cinema experiences Mm -hmm. uh, that you actually create, um, you know, because at the core of all this stuff is a movie. If you, if you call something transmedia, it basically means that it doesn't necessarily have to be a movie. But I like to, I'm trying to basically coin the phrase cine experience because it's a matter of like, you know, at, at the core of the entire element is a movie, which, which is my passion and my love. And it's very much about creating these, these story worlds, just like you're saying about like how, you know, the Insane Clown Posse does at concert events and then also online and, and they carry through various themes to what they're going to be dressed on on stage versus what they, what they tweeted about like three days prior. And so they're basically building some sort of buzz. And I really think the idea of creation now is actually more so about building story worlds and, and having different access points than just having, you know, one single piece of entertainment. No, no. You said something that I, I kind of find interesting is because you're talking about you know having this background in entertainment, but it's entertainment built on you have to move product, you have to sell. Like a lot of transmedia, it seems it's dealing with branding and advertising, 
you know, in a sense, but it doesn't seem like it, like it's not exactly here is our, we're not selling the experience experiences to a certain degree an add on versus like you said, that's profit center. When people look at Disney and everything is being sold. Well, I mean, the interesting thing too, is like a very, um, a, 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 again, using the park, um, as an education was a matter of like, I was actually privy to hearing the, the, um, the, um, the negotiations between having Coca-Cola or Pepsi as the fountain drink at the amusement park. And so it wasn't necessarily like we were basically getting the syrup for practically nothing or paying for the syrup full price, but then we would get you know, $500,000 in, in, in add-ons from companies. So basically because it's, it's a matter of Pepsi or Coca-Cola brand in the amusement park. And so that they would then give us, you know, like whether it be golf carts or whether it be signage or whether it be, you know, half of the uh, cost of producing a ride, things like that. So it's a matter of like with the transmedia stuff, when I first actually started talking about transmedia and branding, everybody thought I was neat. They thought that basically here I go trying to be, you know, being, you know, the indie capitalist that I am. And like why, you know, creating all this sort of revenue around around what I'm doing using transmedia as 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 the blueprint. So it's now actually now within the past couple of months, a lot of my parents are finally realizing that, oh, my gosh, this is actually a huge branding opportunity that we can actually link into where we can actually put, you know, why why put something up on YouTube or Google when you can actually create your own network and basically sell that sell that branding, you know, as your as your own entity. So that you're actually getting all the all the analytics and everything else to your own project. How do you balance being a businessman and an artist? I don't balance them. <laughs> it's it's ingrained because because you realize this is show business. Mm-hmm. You know, and that, that's what everybody keeps forgetting. Like, you know, and, and I get I ripped apart a lot. In fact, when I spoke uh, back in I think it was March, uh, there was a, there was a tweet deck up and, and somebody literally said that am I am I the Antichrist uh, when I started, you know, speaking about the idea of using, you know, brand money to um, to pay for uh, entertainment vehicles. It goes way back from the why are why are soap operas called soap operas? Because they are sponsored by soap companies. You know, it's like it's like you know it, it's part of the lexicon. But once you start actually talking about it and actually using it in in the film world, everybody throws their arms up and wants to push you away because you're not indie enough. You know well, what the hell does that mean? Independent means that I am financing my projects independently from the studio. That's what independent means. And I still have to feed my family. So I've got to figure out how to make money at this damn game. Have you received criticism your whole career for having a business-minded approach? Um, well, well, pretty much my entire career. But at the same time, like, you know, as, as I keep going, you know, we, I get, you know, more widely known. Um, thank God. Um, so, you know, it's getting, it's getting to be more extreme now. But at the same time, it's probably because my, my profile has risen as well. Has some of this criticism stemmed from your eagerness to be associated with brands? Um, well, possibly, uh, but at the same time, like you have to look at it at, from a brand perspective then too, you know, the, the, you know, good, good business people basically look at things not only from the standpoint of, of their own business, but also how, what you're doing is benefiting, you know, on the user end or the audience end or, or the, or the consumer end. So it's a matter of like, okay, if I have this, this project, um, and I know that a brand would benefit from it, why don't I bring that brand in? You know, it doesn't make any sense why I wouldn't want to do that. Did you always have brand involvement? I, I actually, from my very first film, I started doing product placement. Um, and the funny thing is, it's like in my last film, uh, In Search Of, uh, that's still in the top 10 all time at Hulu, thank God. Um, I actually got sponsored by a condom company, um, 
And it was actually the first time that I was actually paid to to actually have something within my film. But it was in the context of the film. The film was about sex mm-hmm. and the repercussions of it. So partnering with a condom company made a hell of a lot of sense. You know, because the thing is, too, it's like a matter of creating. You, know, you can't hide behind a creation. You have to embrace it. What percentage of the budget was supported by brands? Well, with, with, with that, it was, it was roughly about, um, gosh, probably about 10% of the budget. Um, yeah, it was about 10% of the budget. Have you seen the documentary, The Greatest Film Ever Sold? Sundance, yeah, yeah. It was funny because when I saw it, I was like, oh, shit, he's going to, he, you know, well, you know, I, I didn't know what Spurlock was going to end up doing on it. But uh, afterwards, it, it was enjoyable. But at the same time, it's my, that's not how I'm going about this. I'm not trying to, it's got to be integrated. It's got to make sense. He wanted to go big with the product placement. So instead of just covering the story, he was part of that world. Oh, exactly. And that's, I think, one reason why I fell flat with audiences. You know, uh, I, I enjoyed it personally. Uh, and actually, I'd love to work with, with Spurlock, quite honestly, because I think we're a lot from the same um, mentality. Uh, but at the same time, it's a matter of, you know, it's kind of like poking a stick at the people that could actually potentially help you. Uh, but then again, that, that's a risk that, that, that he's taking, which, which I think is pretty cool. Even though he parodied the industry, he showed a lot of the brand's respect. And he really got into how the business works. Oh, yeah, 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 absolutely, absolutely. But it's funny, though, because, like, you know, my, my next project, uh, Billboard, an Uncommon Contest for Common People, is completely based on, well, the two, the two, the two elements that it's, it's based on is um, radio. It's hosted by a radio station that I created, WTYT 960, and then also Billboard that, that is, like, how, how do both those industries basically make the money? Through advertising. Yeah. So the entire project is basically built on the idea of branding. You know, because like if people are living on a billboard, it wouldn't it wouldn't make sense if there wasn't any advertising on the billboard, would it? No, not at all. It's ridiculous that people want to be critical of brands, but if you look at science fiction films into the far future, it'd be unbelievable if there was no major brands showcased. For instance, McDonald's will outlive you. They'll be serving burgers into the far future. So if we want to set up a sci-fi film, it only makes sense to see Coca-Cola on one billboard, and then you see McDonald's on another. Well, yeah, and, and it's also too. It's it's also a part of of, of where you are in in today's day and age too. It's actually you know a representation of the history of today, you know because because like you know films being seen you know hundred years down the road. Look, look at Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street. Is Macy still around? Yep, all the actors have passed away, and the brand has outlived them. Of course, you know, and that, that's the thing. It's like it's like you know people you know are well. There there is a good argument point. Our stars brands is celebrity a brand? Yep. If a story completely creates an entirely new reality, like Star Wars or Brazil, then it's okay to start from scratch. Oh, no kidding. When um, uh, Kevin Smith did uh, Dogma and he created his whole world uh, with the, with a cow, I thought that was brilliant, though, too, with his art direction team, quite honestly. You know, so, so it, it can go both ways of either, you know, of either like building your, you know, creating your own brands or whether or not you're actually dealing with, with you know, real life brands that are in existence today. It just needs to be part of the world building. Two so is like driving around LA, and then all of a sudden, like, you know, billboards are part of that, of that culture. Yeah. You know, the, 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 um, you know Times Square in, in Manhattan, billboards are a part of the culture. So it's a matter of like, how, how far fetched is it for me to basically, you know, seek out brands to be on the billboard that's a backdrop for my movie that's also then on all the collateral pieces that are created for the project? Because yeah. uh, it makes sense. Yeah, yeah, and, and yeah, thing. Totally. so it's it's it, it's a matter of integration. Like you know, I'm working on another project, uh, which is my version of a love story, 
Um, and will brands be involved with that? Possibly to a point. Uh, but it's also like, you know, people are asking me, how the hell are you creating, you know, a drama, you know, and you're creating a transmedia project, um, uh, you know, around that. Um, and, and it's very easy once you get that mindset that you're actually building story worlds instead of just one singular, um, one singular uh, piece of entertainment. How do you pitch brands and project? Oh, well, it's basically trying to figure out what the value is and what the reach is. It's a matter of like, you know, the problem with, with um, advertising right now is it's based on a CPM model, cost per thousand, uh, which is basically an impression model. Uh, I firmly believe that the, the whole model for what we're doing right now has changed to what I call a CPE, which is a cost per engagement. Now, basically, you know, using that model, the, the cost per engagement is actually a lot higher than an impression. Because what it is is you're actually basically um, creating a form of entertainment that people are engaging and actually interacting with and are, and are a part of instead of just something that's passive. It becomes immersive instead of passive. So with that, with, with that, you know, um, with that idea, it's a matter of I've got to basically create a packages that are of value to companies and what I can offer in return for that for that dollar amount. And, and that's what's interesting. It's a matter of like you know. Movie posters will live on forever. You know, my, my film, you know, in search of, I still see the, the movie poster all over the place. And it's a matter of, and that was four years ago. So if I'm actually having a brand on my movie poster, on my one sheet, um, that's going to live, it's going to outlive me, what is the value of that? Is the difference between a shallow relationship, let's say a viral video reaches many people, but there really isn't a connection with your audience, versus an interactive experience which has a smaller, but much more loyal following. Exactly, but also too, it's like by engaging the audience, you're also collecting a lot more data, uh, which is also a lot more um, a lot more valuable to brands because then they can actually, you know, so then they know who they're marketing to. You know, and also too, it's a matter of like, we're, we're actually creating um, um, basically like a framework or, or a creator's user, um, user interface sort of thing that we can actually also see what people are, are, are saying and doing associated with the project uh, and then and then actually enables uh, more and more interaction. And also, smart branding choices improves products. Red Bull sponsors many extreme sporting events, so when you drink a Red Bull, you also taste their branding. No, yeah, well, no I, I, you know, I, I do agree with that to a point. It's like you know, Coca-Cola did a really great um, campaign last year where they had this truck that went around to, um, you know, uh, impoverished areas and people would basically, you know, go to the truck and they'd pull out something crazy. Like they put something in and they get something extraordinarily more valuable out. And it was like kind of like a really good feel good kind of campaign that's still ingrained in my head about the idea of, of belief and, and, and the human spirit and the, and the willingness to actually go above and beyond the call of duty. You know, I thought I was kind of like, and that's what I got out of out of that out of that out of that campaign. Now, how many people did they actually reach? Not many, you know, because they're in rural towns in like in, in you know in um, Central America, South America, Africa, and stuff. But it's a matter of like, but but you know, um, the resonance that was actually created with that, you know, will be embedded in my mind pretty and, much to like. And I. you just and you just told me the story, and now I got it, and then the listeners got it. And if they tell somebody, so there's definitely a. There's real value to it. I think, I think brands, in a sense, are almost like magical in a way that, like, if they're associated with power, or strength, or hipness, or whatever, or being sexy, it's just like, it's almost like in tribes you'd have these magical elements. You know, people would wear different art, like you know, like clothes, or like in different tribes things represent. But I think we still have that. No, 
you're absolutely right. I mean, you know, it's funny because, like, you know, um, um, you know, and it also too, it's like if you go back to the condom analogy, like I was actually kicked off a couple of college campuses for handing out condoms. Yeah. Uh, and it was actually Facebook hate groups against me because of it, which I thought was pretty, pretty, pretty crazy. One condom was we basically had these these, these uh, condom tins done that we then also were able to brand. We had you know condoms in it, and then we also had a leaflet uh, about the movie within it. So it was a matter of people could actually go find the film, download it for free, or watch it or wherever they wanted to. Uh, in return, they actually could also practice safe sex. So I just felt like that was a win-win situation. Oh yeah, the, you 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 two benefited from each other. The condom company absorbs some of that cool, you know, and I think brands constantly have to be maintained, you know, to be cool. Like, you know, BMW had its film series, and people still remember that. So I think there's real power here. Now, um, are you work with a partner, or you just represent yourself when you deal with these brands? Um, well, I, I do have, like, there, there is, um, you know, I, I've been looking for sponsorship coordinators, that sort of thing, because what, what I've found is that I understand it. But you know, quite frankly, like even to even to your listeners, like I can sit here and speak about this, you know, like it's the back of my hand. But get me into a room and I start talking to brands about it. All of a sudden, their eyes start glazing over because I hit them with so much information. So I actually shouldn't be in those rooms. I actually am looking for somebody uh, that actually can do the branding, you know, with me. I get it, I understand it, and I can do it. I have done it before. But I think because this project is so big and so involved on so many different levels that I actually have to step away from it a little bit. And, and, I'm, saying, and, and we're, we're talking about Billboard here, right? The big yeah, yeah, project. Yeah, supported on Comic Con, that's for common people, yeah. What's the project all about? What the project is, is it's about this guy named Casey who's trying to save his struggling radio station, WTYT 960. Uh, and, he, and he dreams up this crazy billboard sitting contest where four lucky people live on a billboard to one person survives uh, to win uh, $960,000. You know, so that's basically the gist of, of the film, and so it's a matter of, of, um, of what all happens with that. So I actually created the virtual radio station. We have over 200 bands on there now. And the very interesting thing is like how, we're actually, how the bands create their profiles is through aggregating their social media. And our reach of what we've created is, is enormous. And what I'm realizing now is that the same platform could be used for multiple projects. And other projects and everything else too. So when we say use, let's like, what's the specifics of it? Um, sure. It, is what it basically is. Is it is a um, there's always a, some sort of website or some sort of portal that is is the starting point of the project. Uh, within that, there actually has to be some sort of crowd created um, aspect as well uh, that can also be shared. And within that, there also has to be some sort of, of reward um, situation upon that creation, whether it be they win money or whether they're part of the film or, or, or whatever like that. Um, then also, too, then there's got to be a, a short form or you know, episodic webisode sort of thing um, that has to happen so that people start understanding who the characters are, what the characters are, very similar to almost like the comic book scenario, where like people already knew who the hell Superman was before he ever hit the silver screen. Um, and so it's a matter of like building up recognition within the within the fan base uh, prior like this has to start out like a year before the film's released, uh, and then when the film's released, there has to be you know some sort of carry you know takeaway uh, from the audience uh, to actually explore the world even further, and then that takeaway can actually um, uh, segue into into a gaming situation. Uh, that people could actually basically, you know, use with Xbox or or even an ARG sort of situation. Who created the platform? Was it you involved? Did you create it, or do you have partners that you work with? Um, <laughs> I created it and out of my crazy ideas of actually trying to tell the story. So, Literally, like it's it, it, it's like it's bizarre because 
I had to do this to basically to to, to match my creative mind. And so, you, so you coded this? You pro, you did the programming and I'm, everything? I'm, no, 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 I'm not. I'm not a programmer. I'm not a programmer. So I basically have people that, that do that stuff for me. So uh, but I but it's it's actually a couple different people that are working with me, not just one. What's the origin of your collaboration with producer Effie Brown? Well, I, I I've been working on um and I met Effie in um I think it was March or April in Minneapolis and we just started talking and she basically comes at it you know her, her career has been a lot more Hollywood than mine has been obviously um and she's working with some big people but at the same time she was trying to think outside the box of, of what she can do oh I'm speaking for her and I probably shouldn't do that but well you know I'm just on a sense of just kind of like kind of set the the, the the it's kind of the scenery like you meet her and like, do you just jump to let's let's do this, or how do you how do you start figuring out your like collaboration? I mean, she, she, she first thought I was crazy, you know, with all this transmedia stuff, and and like, you know, why don't you just do a movie? Why do you do all this other stuff? And then when it's a matter of like, you know, you start showing, you know, then I start telling her this is why, this is why, this is why, and all of a sudden, you know, the producer and her uh, you know perks up and be like, oh my gosh, this is actually a way to make some serious money, and I'm like, well, yeah. Yeah, well, you know, it's like it's a way of entertaining and making money. That's kind of how I think the whole thing started. You have someone who comes from like pure, like, are we making a movie, you know? And then you're saying, hey, here we're adding all this interactive ARG elements. So how did how did the how do you eventually align, you know, like mindsets? Because it seems like there's two different perspectives here, you know, initially coming from all your uh, records. We don't. We don't align. Uh, we, we, we respect each other's backgrounds and everything else. Um, yes, we're working on a project going forward, you know, with it and everything else too, but it's a matter of learning from each other. It's like, you know, I, I've been so, like, crazily independent where I've raised money by refinancing my house and that sort of thing. So it's a matter of she's learning from me, I'm learning for, from her, and it's a matter of, like, how, you know, we can you know, go forward and be creative, you know, in our respective lives. I see. Now, how do you communicate, hmm, to uh, your transmedia and you know ARG mindset to someone who has more of a traditional film background, how do you communicate you know your ideas so they're so they're understood in that way? Uh, it's difficult because because like because um, the problem is is when you're as intimate with this stuff as I am, you know you just expect people to understand what the hell you're talking about, um, and and there's a there is a big disconnect, and and I got you know I've got to realize that that's one reason why I'm probably not the best salesman of it. Um, be, you know, because of that, but it's a matter of, of, um, you know, asking questions, being, being humble enough to constantly be asking questions of like, I don't know, I, you know, why do you do that and everything else. It's not a matter of like, you're not asking questions to challenge. You're actually asking questions to actually know more. That's a, you know what I mean? It, it, it's a big different thing. It's like, I'm learning from her. You know, I'm not, she's just not learning from me. I'm, I'm learning a bunch from her of like all the crazy things and how I do things. And everything else too is, is, is not the norm. And not to say that it's wrong, but it's just a matter of, of there's, there's got to be a better way of doing it. All right. So, like, say, for instance, all right, for people who just don't understand, I mean, it'd be funny if people didn't understand transmedia or listening to this podcast. It's very niche. But just say, assuming that you have an audience of people who just don't understand transmedia, how would you introduce uh, your your, fi- your new film and uh, the, the, the value added based on uh, this direction you've taken? Well, I tell them to go to WTYT 960. Uh, cruise around the different bands. Uh, there's some really great music on it, but then there's also some some not so great stuff on there. And the thing is, like too, it's like on that radio station itself, which could have lived in kind of product flow, is uh, that's completely user generated as well. And the and the playlist is actually a function of of fan interaction and votes as well. 
So that's basically the jumping off point for the entire project. You know, so so it's 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 already it's already something than 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 what it was a year ago. Does that make sense? I see. And just how does this story like evolve into like this uh, ARG that you got? Because you talked about this kind of like exp you pull people out of just the we're just watching this, but now you're experiencing it in different locations. <clears throat> well, well, that actually the, the ARG side of it's actually not until like the the fifth phase of the entire project. Because first yeah. it's it's the radio station. Then we announce the contest. Um, the, um, the, the, the lead, you know, uh, Casey basically announces a great, his great WTYT Billboard City contest where people then create profiles. We're going to have a discovery tour across the country, um, and do all that. And then in the, uh, the third phase, it's actually life on the billboard where we release the, uh, the storyline of, um, of how the contestants are faring. Uh, then the movie is about how the whole contest ended up. And, and what what it was, and then the ARG is actually the takeaway after that. So it's almost like you have the the you have it's like a sandwich. It's a movie sandwich. You have the beginning portion of it, which is just setting up the world, right? You yep. have the film, which is just kind of it's all there, and then you have the other end, which is just kind of like the the follow up to that. Um. Well, again, like that's why I call it a cinema experience instead of transmedia because it is a, it's a, it is an experience. It's a matter of like you know, you you can you can you know close your eyes and just listen. That's one experience. You 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 can go in you know full bore you know all senses heightened and gain a different experience. You know, so it's a matter of like that, that that that's why I'm saying it's a matter of like there's a lot of different things um, that it is. It's just like the amusement park analogy. You know, it's a matter of like the the core amusement is basically you know, in, in my in the, the the ride at the amusement park is the movie. You know, then I'm basically creating all these different things around it. It's like you know, if you go to like you know Disney World, you've got like Adventureland, or you've got Frontierland, you've got all this sort of thing. So it's a matter of like, imagine you know we're in Frontierland, and you've got your your, your cowboys and Indians doing doing something as the characters, but then they've got all these rides and different amusements around it. It's, just, it's the same principle, really. It's 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 not it's not as it's not as as a mind stretch as people think it is, and I think quite honestly it's the vernacular that's being used. Like transmedia is everything. You know, like movies are everything, but within movies you've got different genres. Right? So, like, so you just yeah, it just it's so new that there isn't a lot of categories in place. And there really isn't a lot of mainstream journalists that actually cover this too. Well no, I try and talk to them about it and they, they their eyes blaze over because because they don't get it. You know, and, and, and it's a matter of like there's so so um but there's but there's not much not to get honestly. It's 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 not it's not you know. It just it just isn't you know. And that's the thing. It's like people like are afraid of it. Or I think it's honestly is the wording of it. You know, transmedia. It's, what does that mean? It basically means that the media can be transported across various portals and in story in the story world. That's what it means. You know. No, it's a. Um, now it's kind of like uh, they, there's this. Yeah, it's it just needs uh, like I was talking about in just a recent podcast is. That I think film reviewers need to start reviewing the interactive experience with the movie too, and that should be some part of the review. You know, whether or not it's a transmedia film, a book, a TV show, where they have some elements there, I think that should all be tied into the review because, to a certain degree, people do want to experience every aspect of a TV show if they're a big fan. Of the yeah, story. yeah, yeah. The, the 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 big you know the big um, example of that is Lost. You know, um, of like you know how they had the online presence as well as the as the uh, as the show, but there was a big disconnect in it too because it wasn't a um, you know a um, uh, 
you know, a single storyline. You know, there was there wasn't an easy way to follow it. Yeah, I just think that there's a way to like maybe not because it's it's I mean think of that like to to review it, you wouldn't necessarily be reviewing every piece of it. It's not like you're writing like, you know, five hundred pages. You're just saying the overall experience was really rich or it was tacky or whatever it was. It's just I think that needs to be mixed into the overall review. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, honestly, you know, a lot of people have been using transmedia for for years. You know, and it's funny though because it might sound like like I'm I'm kind of like you know eating my own words saying like it can be brandable, what I do believe, but it's but transmedia is not a marketing afterthought of a movie. It's got to be ingrained in the DNA of the creation of the project. When you watch a District 9 and you uh, see the marketing campaign, we see these benches that say, don't sit here if you're an alien, you know? And you right. Go, that is so cool. Like, you, you're watching, like, that's marketing, and that's, that's I guess you would say, transmedia, too. You know? Uh, um, can you? Is that just marketing? I, 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 would say, I would say it's a combination of both, because it isn't, like, coming at you saying, just buy this product. It's trying to, like, it's taking a piece of that world and bring it into your world. Okay, okay, let, let, let's go one step further, using your analogy. It's a matter of, like, okay, like, if, if I was going to create that, I would have basically had some sort of geocaching or some sort of infrared there that when somebody sat on that bench, something would have happened to being being there as part of the District 9 experience. Oh, definitely, but I think just on a, maybe on a smaller scale, that you could be driving and you see these, uh, these benches that say that and you see posters, and it's not say, coming soon, this is the movie, it's just saying, hey... You know, this is from this uh, story. You saw the trailer. This is some type of aspect of it that you're getting introduced to, which I yeah, think I, I think that's interesting. I, but I gotta say, I, I disagree with you because I really think that's just marketing. It has nothing to do with transmedia because it's, it's not it's not the idea of that you're not getting any sort of additional entertainment out of that, or you're not getting any other story element out of that. You're basically getting uh, the idea that the film exists that you want to go see it. So you're saying it's, you're saying it's simply redundancy. No, it's not redundant. It's completely, it's completely separate. Completely separate. You know, I, I think I think that your your, your example of District Nine is actually more so. It's not it's not a transmedia example. It's actually a marketing example, and that's where I think there's a big blurring line uh, as well. It's like you know, if you look at other examples of like you know, um, the other Hollywood examples of let's say even Snakes on the Plate. People are saying like that's that's like you know a transmedia uh, project. Well, was it, or or was it more so that they're trying to trying to market a, a shitty film um, in in an innovative way? Now let now let's say this like now could something in your opinion be marketing like that's that's obviously a marketing, but it's also storytelling. Like that's the thing. Like what is the difference? When do you draw the well, line? Good, good, good marketing is telling a story. True. A good commercial is telling a story. Well, what defines what what separates let's say the District Nine bench or the snakes in a plane? From saying what is what could have they done to go that extra step further? They get that uh, I guess seal of approval. Okay, okay, uh, okay. Let's go back to the to the um, to the um, to the station nine um, uh, example. The, the, the bench. So if, if there was basically some sort of geocaching, and somebody had a um, that somebody had like the the district nine um, app on their phone. So when they got to that geo lo- uh, location, their phone basically buzzed and. At that point, they had some sort of of, of, of conversation with, with one of the characters from the film. That would be transmedia. That would basically be engaging the audience member in, in, in a way that is that is part of the story world that's been created. So you say interactivity is the key uh, to take it to that level? Oh, absolutely. It goes, it, because 
because it's a it's immersive. It's not passive. So you're saying if something's passive, it doesn't get to. It, it, you're, you're saying it really hinges on it being immersive to the point that you actually could have some form of interaction. Oh, exactly. Well, yeah. Just just like if you if you look if you look at um, you know um, just what I've done right now with WTWS.com. Yes, it's just a band that's making music and everything else too. But there is a, there is an interaction that's actually been created along with that, where the um, people think that the radio station's real. Well, we've actually had live events where our DJs from from the stations and they go out and, and and they and they help the bands that are basically on the station. And this is all part of my move. How about the dream from True Blood? Is that transmedia? I know, and, and that's the thing. It's like it's because like, then you're saying like. Like a costume, a Halloween costume of of Superman is transmedia. It's not. It's goddamn. It's it's marketing. No. But if it, but if they drink the beverage, would that still would that make it interactive? Since they're interactive with the thing, they're not just you know they're actually drinking it, or that still no, be like promotional? That, that, that's a product. Then that's that's a that's a different animal. Yeah, that's a product. I see what you're saying. So there needs a, there needs to be a much more rich experience for it to deserve that title. Oh yeah, it's got to be. There's got to be give and take. You know what I mean? And that's the thing. It's a matter of, like, you know, like, with, with when I did AKA, like, with the cocktail book, that's not a transmedia project. You know, that wasn't transmedia elements of the film. It was more so of a product that I was selling merchandise. It's merchandise. It's basically profiteering on, on the story elements that you've been able to create. And I'm not against that, by the way. I'm very much for that because, however, filmmakers can increase their bottom line of all four because making a damn film is extraordinarily challenging and takes a lot of money to do it well. You know, so it's a matter of like, you know, so however filmmakers, you know, have to do it, I, I, I am so for and so behind them on it. Who are your biggest role models in the world of transmedia? Because I'm not, the funny, like, you know, I get, all, I get ostracized a lot because I speak my mind um, and do crazy things. But it, it's a matter of like, you know, I don't really, um, I don't, I like to create my own worlds. And so by living in someone else's, I feed them. So I try not to do that. Um, you know, like one of my, one of my, uh, uh, peers, um, Lance, uh, we do, you know, we do a lot of things. We shoot the shit. We, we, um, you know, we bounce ideas off of each other and everything else too. Yeah. It's a matter of like, you know, any particular, um, person that's creating right now, I don't see them doing it the way that I see it. Um, and so forth too. So I don't really want to be that influenced. Like I think George Lucas is brilliant. George Lucas from the, his whole Star Wars thing was and I'm not a sci-fi guy at all, but what he did with, with the whole with the whole thing is pretty damn brilliant to me. You know, but would I call that transmedia? No. But at the same time, like he was able to merchandise and and, 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 and you know, increase his bottom line that's actually benefiting filmmakers of the future. Do you ever think that transmedia experiences sometimes are a gimmick that don't actually serve the story? Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. And people, people even said to me that, you know, what I'm doing is gimmicky. You know, and, and I respect that, and I understand that, but at the same time, it's a matter of, you know, it, but it's part of my creation. So they, they can say that, and, and, and I give them, you know, you know, all the credit in the world for saying it, but it's not actually true because you actually have to engage more than it just being a gimmick. What is your biggest criticism of people in the space? Um, well, it's a matter of like a lot of the people that were bashing me last year are now talking about my my ideas and and basically as, as they are their own, which is totally fine, you know, and and that sort of thing. Um, and um, you know, and actually, it's funny too, is because now my fellow producers are starting to embrace brands to realize that this is actually 
you know, could be could be the saving grace for their for their companies. You know, and and it, I understand that, but the whole thing is a matter of like people keep talking about transmedia as it's as it's going to be the end all to be all in the future, right? Yeah. The only way the only way that it's going to ever make any resonance if there is a project that is actually that nobody's going first if they haven't noticed. Transmedia's been talked about in great detail now for over a year. You know, we did a thing out at Sundance, everything else too, which was which was interactive and really cool. But nobody's actually jumped in of the of the reads and actually said that they're making a transmedia project. Now I haven't. I really wanted to produce my film this past year, but I haven't because it's gotten bigger than what I anticipated. And also, I, I need I need I need uh, capital to be able to do it because brands aren't going to aren't going to sink the money into something that they don't know if it's going to happen or not. So I had, to, I, had to, I had to basically rewrite my business plan to say, like, okay, Z, you know, you actually need private equity to make this thing happen, but, but, your, but your bottom line, you know, your, your profit margin is going to be increased by, by your brand involvement. You, you, you see what I'm saying? So it's a matter of like, of, like, there's been a lot of people that have been talking about transmedia this, transmedia that, but it's a matter of, like, you know, who's doing? A lot of people are talking, but nobody is backing it up. Correct. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's the thing. It's like you're like yeah, like you know. And and honestly, it, like I want to be shooting my film this past summer, but you know I still need to raise you know hundred grand, um, you know, so that I can do that. And and people said like, well, why don't you just get your brands to fund it? Well, quite honestly, the brands want to see action. You know, they 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 they're not going to throw their money into something that they don't know if it's going to happen or not. You know, and thank God I've I've always had a track record that I put my head down and do what I say I'm going to do. But at the same time, it's a matter of like. How do these brands that we're just building relationship know that? They don't know that. Can you get brands to back certain parts of the transmedia experience of your movie, even if the entire feature is not financed? I think that has to be the whole thing because you know, what I know is that you know the things that actually get the most attention are those things that hit the theater. Um, you know, that's just the way it is. I mean, you know, I don't care how viral a YouTube video is or anything like that, but the brands aren't going to like basically pull get any sizable money unless there is. There is, um, you know, some sort of like theatrical run. You know, thank God I've been able to actually negotiate all a lot of that stuff already. Uh, I pretty much had distribution wrapped up for my next my next film. I, I, I there's just certain principles in the industry that I, that I'm very leery of, and and that's what I'm trying to like overcome with Epi's help. Do you need a hundred thousand dollars to uh, get to get this ball rolling completely? Uh, yeah, because because what it is is that is that there is. Um, you know, one element of the of the of the platform that we're creating that still has to be uh, uh, fully integrated, uh, and that's pretty much in the back end uh, of what we're doing. Um, that, and then also too, it's a matter of of um, just starting to hire people. You know, I've been basically financing everything you know myself up to this point, and I and I have had some some brand involvement already, thank God. Um, but at the same time, it's a matter of like you know that money goes pretty fast when you start dealing with tens of people. It's about getting everything nailed down before they make the full commitment. Well, that that's just it, and, you know, and that that's that's where I'm at. So it's a matter of like, you know, right now I'm trying to raise hundred thousand dollars in private equity, um, and 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 so forth. And um, you know, after the, well, I'll, I'll just tell you what my business model is. And I don't know even if if I'm if I'm legally allowed to say it, but I will anyway, just for a learning experience. Yeah. What we're doing is like, I feel that I need to raise hundred thousand dollars for my project. Okay. Uh, the rest of it, I believe, will possibly come in with with uh, with brand involvement and so forth. Uh, now, I'm able to do that basically by once we start going full bore, we'll actually have more integration and more social reach, and that will actually entice brands to get involved. Okay, 
But once we have to cap out at three million dollars um, of of either revenue or or any other sorts of income, we then actually have profit share with our with our uh, with our our partners. So you're saying when so, you say partners, do you mean your private equity our, partners or your brand partners? Our, our equity partners, yeah. The brands can't actually have any sort of income off because that's actually against the law. It's considered payola. Um, so it's a matter of like, so my equity partners could basically start making money back before the film's ever shown in theaters if we break $3 million in sponsorship. I see what the you're saying. The entire project's going to cost me about three, a little under $3 million. So that's why I, I actually read, and that's actually all the way through uh, distribution of it. Um, you know, so, because um, I've released films before, so, uh, so I know what the cost of everything's going to be and so forth as well. Another potential revenue stream to show investors. Well, well yeah, it's, bas- it's basically that, that, you know, it's not only the traditional way of, of making uh, money, um, revenue in the film industry, it's basically your box office and your ancillaries. Uh, but there's now a way of actually gaining uh, income by bringing brand involvement. Thanks for listening to another episode of Hollywood 2.0. To find out about upcoming projects for our guest, Zeke Zelker, go to Zeke Zelker, Z-E-L-K-E-R.com. Please check me out at PeterKatz.net. It's P-T-E-R-K-A-T-Z.net to find out more information about myself and my co-host, RichSilverman.com.